I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thank you for listening. November is Native American Heritage Month. On today's show, it's my conversation with TV personality, actress, advocate, and pilot Ariel Tweedo, who is Yupanak, Alaska Native. Ariel talks about some of the many projects she's been involved with, including Flying Wild Alaska, Wipeout, and Native Shorts Season 4, which premieres on FNX TV Channel 24.2, Monday, November 30th at 8 p.m. FNX is our Native and World Indigenous channel. I'll also speak with Ariel about growing up in Alaska, her nonprofit Popping Bubbles, and what she's working on for the future. And now here's my conversation with Ariel Tweedo. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Hi, Lillian. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the many projects you've been involved in, including Wipeout, Flying Wild Alaska, The Great North, Into America's Wild, True Alaska, and of course, Native Shorts. But before I do any of that, I would like our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. You were born and raised in Alaska. Tell me about growing up in the small community where everybody must know your name. <laughs> or everyone's related. Um, <laughs> I I loved it. I, I I feel so fortunate to have grown up there. I mean, I got to be outside all the time, and that's like my biggest passion. And my favorite thing is just being outdoors. So we grew up hunting, fishing, going camping all the time. Um, in school, we played a lot of sports. Like I wrestled and played basketball. I loved that close knit community, and me and my sisters and my parents all were really close and. I mean, it's all I know, I guess, and so it was just a normal upbringing. But I know it's now after traveling a lot, it is a bit different. But I mean, that's all I knew growing up, and so I I just had fun. Yeah, and definitely your athleticism is uh, definitely comes to light in many of your projects. So I'm sure it was picked up as a little girl, as a cross country runner, and all the things that you. I didn't know about the wrestling, so thanks for sharing on that one. Oh. Well, I think you came to California because you went to college here, right, at Chapman University. Is that what brought you to California? Yeah, I went to school, actually, right out of high school. I went to school in Boston on a basketball scholarship. And then I love Boston, but then I was like, it's colder than Alaska, and there's no mountains to play on. (laughs) And so then I went to summer school in San Diego. And while I was in San Diego, I was like, I should take the train to Hollywood and see what that's all about. Got on the train, fell asleep, and then I think they thought I was homeless, so they kicked me off the train, and I ended up in Orange County, Uh and I had like five hours to kill, so I went and wandered around, and I came upon Chapman, and there were people in bikinis playing volleyball, palm trees. I'm like, wait, this is a college? How do I get here? (laughs) And yeah, then I called my basketball coach, and I was like, please, can you help me transfer? Like, I need to be in the sun. Yeah, did you play any sports when you were at Chapman? I ran cross country and I did a little bit of basketball, but honestly, most, I was a horrible student. Most of my time I was up in LA auditioning for just anything that I could get my hands on. And then mostly trying to figure out how to finagle my way out of class and go and audition in (laughs) LA. Did you get your degree? I did. I was on the, geez, a couple of years ago. My, yeah, my parents, I mean, I was already doing what I love to do. I love TV and film and that's what I majored in. But my parents were, finish what you started. Just You have a couple classes left. And so I got it when I was like 30. 
Good on you. 30. Yeah. Right on. So I got it. Yay, at a girl. All right. Well, let's talk about one of your early endeavors when you were probably auditioning and trying for different things, and that was Wipeout. I mean, with your athleticism, I could see why you would even try for it. But tell me about that experience. And, And again, you were a first here on this TV show doing some things that others hadn't done. And I think it's with those big slippery balls. I don't know. Tell me about them. <laughs> yeah, so Wipeout, again, so I was just playing basketball in Venice Beach one day in California. And one of the producers from Wipeout, I was guarding him. And then we ha- we're on a little break and he's like, you are one crazy weird girl you should audition for the show tomorrow and I'm like sure so I just showed up and my actually my roommate taught me how to crack a um, pop can on my head and so I went in thinking I could crack the pop can on my head but I ended up almost knocking myself out and bleeding and then they were like okay she's perfect for this show and so I went on it did I did it these three times but I did really well and then the safety guy or he was like a security like safety guy on the show he would go to Alaska and he actually met my mom and my aunt on the Iditarod trail. And so we started chit chatting and we were like, Hey, me and my family, we're all bush pilots. My dad started this company. We should create a show about my family. And so me and him created flying wild and that took like a year and a half to sell it. But, um, and then that changed the trajectory of my life. I sort of took a leave of absence from school without my parents knowing it showed Uh up sort of without my parents really. <laughs> but they, they were mad for like two seconds and then they fell in love with our film crew but yeah back to Wipeout though it was it was so much fun I only I broke a rib a toe a thumb um met some amazing friends and then just realized I love being on set so let me talk about Wipeout and then I do want to talk about uh flying wild Alaska for sure Craig Ferguson you would go on yeah. the late, the late, late night with Craig Ferguson, and you guys had really good chemistry. He seemed to, he was watching, I guess, your uh, Flying Wild Alaska. And mm-hmm. tell me about just, you know, being on the set with him and, and going through those interviews, because you did more than one. You appeared a couple of times. Yeah. I did it, I think, 15 or 19 times. Wow. I can't remember. Yeah, he, he became, he still is a good friend. I just talked to him the other day. I've been to his house in Scotland for Thanksgiving, for Fourth of July. I'm really close with his kids and his wife. I just, I, he, he's like a mentor, but also like a crazy uncle and like a brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love him so much and he has helped me so much and is so caring and so funny and so smart and just witty. Um, but honestly, my happiest times were being on his stage. Like you get up there and like time stops and you just laugh and have fun and, uh, and you get, you get all dressed up and stuff, which I normally don't get to do other than that and FNX. But, yeah, I just, I adore him. Yeah, he and you guys, like I said, had really good chemistry. And you're so quick-witted and you're a fast talker and so, and he plays off it. It was really good chemistry. It looked really nice. And I'm glad to hear that you guys have still remained friends or colleagues and stayed in touch. Let's talk about Flying Wild Alaska. It was on the Discovery Channel in 2011. Tell me about this project. Well, yeah, like I said, me and my friend Tommy, we created the show, and it was the best experience, and I'm so lucky to have had it, and I've never seen it. <laughs> I saw maybe 10 minutes of the first episode, and I was like, oh my god, I am not watching. Um, I can't watch myself, but based on just the feedback I hear from my mom and my like family, everyone loved it, and they said it's an honest portrayal of how we actually live, but for me, again, like 
it opened up so many doors. I got to live with my parents and created all these memories. I, I just, I love my parents so much. And so just being able to like be with them all the time was, was the best thing ever. My older sister was on it. My little sister wasn't on it. She was in college. Um, and just isn't interested in being on camera. I wish I had that demeanor to say no. <laughs> I say yes to everything, and then I feel guilty if I don't want to do something and say no. So, um, yeah, good on her for being strong-willed. Yeah, but it was just, I got to get my pilot's license. I got to be with our boys, our like our pilots all the time. There yeah. were some opportunities there where in one of the episodes that I saw was when your dad had to go and get a coffin for uh, mm-hmm. a young man that had committed suicide. And so it was, it was mm-hmm. quite touching, too. It was, um, yeah. it was engaging. It was touching. And just to see you on there and feeling sad of making that call to your dad to tell him um, of that experience. Yeah. And that's a real, I mean, that we didn't want to make it seem like all rainbows and seals and whales. Like, it's, living out in Bush, Alaska is really hard. And, I mean, I went to school with, given on the year like 12 to 16 people and seven kids in my class died by suicide and so it's something I'm passionate about fighting for and figuring out why it happened so much and we just wanted to be honest and we wanted to show real Alaska and the hardships and the fun times and the bright times too but I mean if we're being honest like it's a hard place to grow up and it's dark at times and so I think the whole team did a really good job on capturing that. Let me reintroduce my guest is TV personality, actress, advocate, and pilot, Ariel Tweedo. So The Great North <laughs> wasn't one of my favorite projects that you were involved in, but tell me about it. You were the voice of one of the characters. This one actually has been a fun departure just from, I mean, I didn't study voice acting or anything, and so it was terrifying when, like, when I actually got the job. And it's, it's so much fun. I was actually just messaging with the casting team right now because of the writer's strike. We haven't been able to work for the last couple months, but I get to start recording again on Tuesday. Oh, good. Well, that's but, great. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. But it's honestly, like, just it's so fun. It's, it's still terrifying because you're in a room and people are just watching you and you're reading and and it's just scary. But you get in there and, like, you end up just laughing a lot with the your the team and, Tell me about the series itself. Let's share a little bit about the series for those that may not be familiar with it, The Great North. Yep. So it's called The Great North, and it um, takes place in Alaska. And I'm one of the main character's best friends, Kima. And, yeah, it's just about this family in, like, in a remote place in Alaska, quirky, weird, pretty out there at times. <laughs> That's um, what again, I would I, say. Yeah. Again, I don't, like, I've never owned a TV, so I've never seen it. So I, I get to read the whole script, so I know what happens, but I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never seen it. But I've, I've been told, it's, and just by reading the script, I'm like, oh, geez, that's what I'm doing. Like, I, <laughs> I'm, like, hiding some scenes, and then I'm, like, a dancing bumblebee or a, a clam vagina. <laughs> I have, like, oh, oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah, it's a, little, it's a little out there. I'm going to go ahead and move on because I want to save time for native shorts but let me ask you and this is really beautiful in america's wild which was an imax movie it was beautiful tell me about this process and you did one part and then i think it was a scientist that hosted the other part no it was actually uh, this guy named john harrington who was the first native american astronaut oh an astronaut okay great yep yep so me and john got to travel around the country he became a brother it was the most wonderful. Oh, I, I love that doing that, being able to travel across America and see honestly just how diverse and the landscape of America and the whole 
premise is inspiring kids to get back outside and get back in nature, where where I think we belong. Right. Definitely where I belong, where I feel the most connected and at, like at peace. But um, yeah, just us trying to get kids outside and get soaked about life and um, just to showcase just how wonderful our country is. Yeah, it was beautiful. And so that was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's talk about True Alaska. This was a travel channel project that you had going on. What was your purpose here? And describe the show a little bit. Honestly, this True Alaska was a one-off. So we were trying to create a show idea. I did a couple pitches with Travel Show, but none of them got picked up. It was just I'm, I'm not Hollywood enough for some people, and then I'm not Alaska enough for some people. So half the time people are like, what are you? I'm like, good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, so, so True Alaska was just an attempt at creating a travel show based around, I guess, the this amazingness of Alaska. But it didn't, it didn't go. But that's part of the whole business. Like I've got, I've done multiple shows that don't get picked up. But I feel like for me, is if I'm on a set and a crew and I'm having fun and doing my best, I, I, it's out of my control after that. And so I try not to dwell on what happens after where you stop rolling the camera right. and so um yeah i just i just i honestly just really love being with a crew because it feels like family and i love creating something with a group of people and seeing it come together but it was a good experience well we can definitely say that whatever project you've gone on to do from project to project that you've made some great relationships some good friends and, and new family members right Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, talk about like if we move into FNX, like Bird, adore him, and like Frank, and I. Yeah, this it is. It's a, it is this whole industry. I could probably ask you why you love your job, and I bet you would be just being around the people that you're working with and learning. You're constantly learning about other people, and right. you like get to expand your curiosity. Like I, I just I love it. I hope I want to be doing this forever. I love asking questions, so I love what I do. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Lifestyles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll return in just a bit, and we'll continue our conversation with Ariel Tweedo. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. My guest is Ariel Tweedo. She's a TV personality, actress, advocate, and pilot, and one of the hosts of Native Shorts, premiering November 30th at 8 p.m. on FNX. FNX is our sister channel with KVCR-TV. FNX is channel 24.2. Native Shorts, presented by Sundance Institute's Indigenous Program. Now I'd like to speak a little bit about FNX, First Nations Experience. It's our television sister station. KVCR Radio has KVCR TV and FNX, which is First Nations Experience. And one of the shows that you've been hosting from the beginning, co-hosting, is Native Shorts. Share with our listeners what Native Shorts is, the premise of it, and talk about your co-host and the project. Yeah, so Native Shorts, it's um, 
It's basically a talk show where me and my co-host, Bird, Running Water, who's just fabulous and just so smart. He's an encyclopedia of short films and of films around the world. But basically, we go over a short film, so we'll introduce it. And then the audience and Bird and myself will get to watch a film. And then we come back and discuss it and discuss the director, the stories, the cinematography, and just break down the short film and just get people excited to watch short films. And all the films are made by Indigenous people from around the world. We get films from Mongolia and from New Zealand, from America, like all over the world, from Ireland, from I think we had one from Norway. So it's really cool just to see how other people tell stories and the different cultures from around the world. And so I learn I learn so much every season. Right. And I think you and Bird play off each other very well because he has one element of it and he comes from one point of view. And then you have your bubbly personality and come from another point of view. I think the two mesh really well. Should we dive into our new season? I know this next film is going to be very exciting. Yes, Fast Horse. Yes. And Fast Horse is a short film, a short documentary by Alex Lazarowicz, who is Cree from Alberta, Canada. One of the exciting things about this short doc is that she actually won a special jury prize from the Sundance Short Film Jury. So highly competitive, thousands of short films submitted one of like 90 selected for the festival and it won a mention. And just right before we were doing this, Bird was texting her. So that's so cool that you could just pull out your phone and be like, I'm gonna text the director. <laughs> Love it. But well, I'm really excited to watch it. So should we dive in? Yes. All right, let's start the film. My role I think in this is to be the viewer. Like exactly. sometimes yeah. I feel like we're done with the show and I'm like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> like, I didn't follow that at all. And other times it's like, oh my God, that was like, I relate to it. I feel it. It's like very easy to understand, but there's a lot of concepts that are very just out there. And so it's easy. It's nice to have Bird who studied film. And I guess I studied film too, but uh, I mean, like I said earlier, I didn't really go to class. Um, but <laughs> Bird is like, <laughs> just, he's just, I could throw anything at him and he'll know the answer. And I really admire that. And for me, it's it just it's fun to go in with that wide-eyed view. It's like, oh, that was interesting, and I don't understand that. Tell me a little bit about that, and what was that, and where was that? And the crew, though, is so professional. Like I, I've gotten to work on the late shows and with the like IMAX crew, but this crew at FNX, they're probably the most professional crew I've worked with. Like mm. everyone's so on time inspiring like you could uh, there's a younger crew too so everyone's just trying to do their best and there it's just I, I love it I love it so much and I like some of the people I'm like oh man she's gonna win an Oscar someday for directing and oh, it's like that's oh wow nice. they're like I yeah I am so in awe of like some of the, the crew members and I I hope they hire me <laughs> down the line <laughs> So talking about FNX and Native Shorts, this is its fourth season. You and Bird have been a part of it from the beginning. Have you seen a change in the films? Are they getting better? They're staying are their stories different? What what are you seeing with the with Native Shorts itself and some of the films that you have the opportunity to view and review? Well, in in terms of like filming it in the beginning, God, it would take us so long to shoot one episode just because me and Bird weren't used to hosting a show, like a sit-down talk show type of thing. The crew, we were, everyone was still trying to figure out like what our roles were and just bouncing off each other. And so now we're, we're like a finely oiled machine and it's just like, boom, done. We're like, whoa, 
one take wonders hey um so that has been like cool to see but in terms of the films they've definitely gotten better we've gotten a lot more expansive in terms of the reach of like now we're getting more international films and so that's really cool to see but um yeah they the short films honestly have always been really good and the producers do a great job of picking them and it's i mean they're getting hundreds of, of applications and we only usually pick like 12 to like, don't quote me on this, but like 12 to like 16 maybe films a season. So they're very high quality films. And what's nice about the show is that we get to highlight or give a a stage for these films that may not be picked up other places or may be picked up afterwards, Mm -hmm. but we give them a stage to be seen, a place to be seen just on the Native Channel, which is something that I feel more people get to see and not just at film festivals. Yep, that's so, no, that's so true, and it's such a cool platform because, no, a lot of these short films, they'll play at a festival, and then they're, where do they go? And so this is cool. So people from, like, I've had so many people, like, on reservations or in our communities in Alaska be like, hey, you're that FNX girl or, like, Native Shorts girl. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> awesome. Because normally it's from Flying Wild, but I've been getting a lot more this recognition from Native Shorts, which is really cool because so people are watching but like you said, again, like it's a great platform for the directors, for the the artists, for everyone to have this stage so their films could live on. And, and it is, I mean, like some of them will be turned into feature films. And oh, nice. um, yeah, like in the beginning, we had Taika Waititi on Lily Gladstone was just in one from the season. And now she's in a big feature with. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, nice. And so people are doing big things. And I'm, I'm, man, I'm such a cheerleader for everybody. Well, there is a variety. Is there a theme usually? Or are they all very different? Are they all talking about their country or maybe situations? I just want our listeners to kind of get an idea of the types of films that they are. Some are two minutes and some are like over 20. They're all over the place, all different genres. I mean, there's a horror film in there this year. There's a couple like romance and love stories. There's some really abstract ones that you're going to be like, uh, I don't know what I just saw, but that was cool. Um, There's some really, like, artistic painting. Yeah, the horror one was from, I believe it was Norway or Finland, and Mm. I couldn't even watch it. I had to, like, cover my eyes half the time. (laughs) I'm so bad when it comes to that, but... I'm right there with you. I don't like horror films. They just scare me. I guess they're doing what they're supposed to, but uh, I want to be happy and upbeat. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's what I want, and I want funny and humor. Because that is the thing, too. I feel like in a lot of indigenous storytelling, it is very dark, so I really enjoy like the red dogs like how cool is that to see like man we're funny people and we're resilient and we're like i love aunties and uncle jokes and all that and so it's so cool to see those stories and that side of our personalities come out because we are like funny people i love Um, that and so yeah and so i i really enjoy seeing the diversity in the filmmaking from all genres so if you like horror you got that If, if you want romance you got that if you want pretty like sci-fi type stuff we got that so it's all over the place terrific all right i'm going to switch gears now just for a second tell me about the nonprofit popping bubbles what is it and what's its mission yeah so i started popping bubbles in 2014 after my really good friend died by suicide and yeah i was just tired and sad and mad and confused about why all my friends were dying by suicide and so i started popping bubbles and my whole thing was suicide like 
especially people in our communities, we all live in a bubble. We're scared to leave our village or to try new things or to talk to people that are different or to get out of our comfort zone. And I think we'd be so much happier and healthier if we popped each other's bubbles. And so we did a lot of traveling to all over northern Canada, a lot all over Alaska, and then a few places in the lower 48s and just doing mostly motivational speaking and then trying to start after school programs. But full disclosure right now, I haven't done anything with popping bubbles since pre-COVID just because I, I was getting worn out and my mental health was taking a hit. And just so I'm re-motivated now. My dad, like he was a, my biggest advocate for like running popping bubbles. And so I'm like, I need, I need to be of service again and try to help our communities. And yeah, just, I haven't done much since. It's okay to take a break. Your, your, your heart is there. And when you're ready, you'll, you'll engage it again because you'll be thinking of your dad and what he liked about it and you will do it again. So I just want people to know that popping bubbles and where your heart was in trying to accomplish uh, some things to making people think outside the box and, and pop bubbles, right? Yeah. Thank okay. you so much for understanding. But yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm going to get back on it and try to help people and motivate people. That life is amazing. And it, it goes by really fast. But every day is a chance to have a great day and make memories with people you love and to experience the world. And so that's the goal. Okay. So lastly, how do you pick your projects? And what's next on your list? What are you working on? Oh, how do I pick my projects? I honestly, like I said earlier, it's hard for me to say no to anything. So if it involves inspiring people to get outside, to um, like traveling is my, I love traveling, all that. I've been writing a cartoon for the last few, five years. So I want to finish this cartoon. It's about these two Eskimo elderly best friends. And that's sort of like a Pixar type movie. So I want to finish that. I have another travel series that is called, um, oh my God. Oh, my God, what is it called? We just shot season two. Oh, Trail, Trailblazers. We just finished season two, and that one is me traveling across America talking to trailblazers that are doing amazing things in their communities and then also experiencing the nature around their communities. Cool. And so that one plays on Go USA TV and on United Airlines. And so hopefully we'll get picked up for season three and could do that. And, yeah, and then I just, I honestly just want to be with my mom and my sister's as much as I can for this until we, we just need each other. And so I just want to be with them a lot. And I'm, me and my mom are getting a van and I just, she hasn't really gotten to see a lot of the country. And so I'm like, mom, we're going on a road trip. Taking a road trip. And, and I know you'll turn it into <laughs> some kind of project, some kind of something, knowing you and, and your energy. Ariel Tweedo, thank you so much for your time. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much, Lillian. I am so looking forward to seeing you back in California. To learn more about Ariel Tweedo, visit us at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. Now, if you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking would make a good segment on lifestyles. All you have to do is go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your story idea. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, check out our archives at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles or listen to Lifestyles on the KVCR app. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. 
Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now.